You're listening to DraftKings Network. Pour yourself a cold one. They strike them, huh? And listen to Ross Tucker break down the top college prospects on another tasty edition of The College Draft. Daddy Soda Time here on the College Draft Podcast. We are presented by DraftKings. I'm Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman. You know that. Those of you that watch us on video, either on the DK Network or YouTube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL, you see the game balls, you see the helmets. Most importantly, it's a big reason why I was able to get these media gigs, which I love. Army, Navy, Saturday on the radio for Westwood One. My single favorite day of the year, every year. Then I'll get back into the NFL stuff with Westwood One and CBS for the rest of the season. You can check me out on social media, at Ross Tucker NFL. Appreciate those of you that do and support the show in any way. This is the show that I love. I'm surprised, to be honest with you, we don't even get more listeners or viewers than we do. Because my co-host, Emery, is a star. You can check us out on social, at Ross Tucker Pod. I think I already gave you the YouTube handle. It's youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. Emery's amazing. Um, I don't know how. He seemingly knows every player for every team. He knows every conference. He, he somehow even finds a way to watch. There's no way he watches every second of every game on Saturday. I don't know what he does, but he, he's, got his, his, he's got his system. Uh, you know, he probably has an army is what he's got. Army of people that help him, tell him what to, what to, uh, what to look for. Anyway. Check out Emery on social media at FBall Game Plan on Twitter, Football Game Plan on YouTube, which has been huge for years. And then you guys know, I mean, it, it's now, right? College football season, regular season's over. FootballGamePlan.com slash 2024 draft guide. And Emery, we'll have plenty of time to get into the bowl games. Well, plenty of time next week to talk about some of the guys. That are declaring for the draft, like Braylon Allen or whatever. Um, I wanted to really focus today on the college football playoff, because obviously there's a lot that needs to be said there, as well as our takeaways from the conference championship games. There were some really good conference championship games, some really good players, <laughs> some some prospects that uh, that we need to dive into. But I do think we should start with the college football playoff. And I think everybody by now knows, but maybe you're more into the NFL part of it. You're into the NFL draft part of it. Uh, So the four teams, the four seeds are number one, Michigan, number two, Washington, number three, Texas, and number four, the Alabama Crimson Tide with Florida State and Georgia on the outside looking in at seeds five and six. I'm giving you a blank slate, Emery, because I'm going to be honest with you right now, man. I got a lot to say. I got a lot to say. I haven't done it on social media. I've, I've been saving it for right here for the show I do where I talk about some college stuff. I've been saving it. So I wanted to give you the floor first because I really don't even know your opinion and your thoughts on this. Maybe We might even disagree. This is interesting. Yeah, listen. First of all, Florida State should be in, right? You win your conference, undefeated, you go in. I also agree Texas should have been in. So the only gripe I had was Florida State being left out. 
I understand Michigan. I understand Washington. Florida State should have been in because they check all those boxes that Michigan and Washington checked. And here's the thing. People talked about what this Florida State team looked like now without Jordan Travis. They won't play again until a month from now. So Rodemaker could be even better than what we saw from him against Florida, given a whole month and some change before he actually plays in a playoff game. And when you talk about Alabama, to me, it just says like, hey, oh, yeah, yes, they beat Georgia. But we know Georgia has been flirting with a loss for a couple of years, a couple of um, weeks, I mean. And this Georgia team wasn't like last Georgia team. And so maybe Alabama did a good job of just beating a team that it is on the same plane with. It doesn't necessarily mean Alabama is one of the top four teams in the country. And we said this before. It's self-fulfilling prophecy all the time. In the preseason, when you rank all 45 SEC teams in the top 10, when they start playing each other, then you have at the end of the season can say, well, look, we beat X amount of top 15, top five, top 10 teams. I mean, this SEC is tough. But if it's about the best four, how do you not reward Florida State for going undefeated, three top 15 victories, two in the SEC, I'm sorry, one in the SEC, a very good Duke team in, in Louisville. How do you not reward them for that season? It is hard to go undefeated, and they did it. And the other two teams that did in the Power Five are in. Shout out to Liberty as well, too. But that's my take in that you should look at Florida State going in. I agree with Texas because of the head-to-head, which is what matters. Beat me last, like we always said in college. You are only as good as your last game. Who won last? They beat Alabama. They're in. And Oregon played themselves out because they lost to Washington. That, to me, was as easy as pie. Washington, Michigan, Texas, Florida State. Period. Emery. This is yet another reason why I love you, because we are sharing a brain. All right. I got a lot to say on this. So I'm going to start with the Florida State thing. This really bothers me because it goes against everything I believe, everything you're brought up to believe, everything we teach football players, everything we try to teach our kids, right? Like you work hard, you go out there, you get the job done, you should get the opportunities. I mean, think about, oh, but they have a backup quarterback in there. I'm glad we didn't say that about Jeff Hostetler or Kurt Warner or Tom Brady or Nick Foles. I mean, they act like a backup quarterback's never won anything. You want a college example? How about Cardell Jones? I mean, Florida State, they schedule LSU on a neutral site. They, they schedule at Florida. They smashed LSU. Even after the injury. Oh, their quarterback's hurt. They won at Florida by two scores. They beat Louisville in a neutral site game by two scores. It bothers me tremendously. Those young men earned and deserve this opportunity. Then all I hear is, but they're not one of the four best teams. It should be the four best teams. That is the stupidest argument I've heard. Do you think there's anybody in the galaxy that knows anything about football that doesn't think Georgia's one of the four best teams? Like, ask any ask any odds maker, any point spread. You don't think Georgia's one? So you can't say, oh, well, Alabama, they're not one of the Georgia, I promise, is one of the four best teams. Oh, but Alabama aren't, really? 
Alabama has like a miracle fourth and 31 against a team that got smashed at home by New Mexico State the week before. Alabama, look, I love Alabama fans. I think Alabama's got a really good team. But you can't act like there's some juggernaut when they got crazy fortunate to convert the 4th and 31 against a team that got hammered by New Mexico State the week before. It's bad. It's really bad. Well, listen. It bothers me a lot, Emery. It, it, it goes against everything that I try to teach my kids. It goes against everything that when you're young and you're playing sports and your dad and your coaches teach you, they earned it. Emory, even after the quarterback is hurt, they just won their last two games by two scores. Two scores at Florida at the Swamp rivalry game. Biggest game of the year for Florida. Trying to make a bowl and all that. And then Louisville is a good team. Neutral site in Charlotte. They smashed LSU to neutral site. LSU was number five in the country at that point. Hammered them. Neutral site. Louisville hammered. Neutral site. Alabama lost by two scores at home. What the heck are we talking about? I mean, and if we really dive even deeper... You're talking about a Florida State schedule, and then you look at Bama, you see South Florida, in which it was touch and go for a minute in that ball game. Middle Tennessee State, Chattanooga late in the season. What are we even doing, man? And here's the thing, too. I brought this up yesterday in the green room where, let's say if this was week seven, right, and Alabama beats the number one team in the nation, Georgia. How far do you think Georgia drops from one? Maybe four? Maybe five. Alabama goes from eight to probably five or six. So why did Alabama all of a sudden become the fourth best team in the country, right? When your power five conference get into the to the college football playoff, especially if you're undefeated, if this if Florida State was in the SEC, this wouldn't even be a discussion. They would have You know how I know they don't know what they're doing, Emory? Because even if they're acting like it's the four best teams or whatever, there's no way any one of them thinks that Florida State right now is better than Georgia. I know they don't. If they're keeping Florida State out because of the backup quarterback, then why are they ranked five ahead of the Georgia Bulldogs? <laughs> Have you seen Georgia play all year? They're awesome. You know what I mean? Like, that doesn't make any sense. And if we're really talking about the best... I mean, Emery, I personally think Georgia probably still the best team. I mean, I think they probably like, I would love to see what the, uh, what the betting line would be. Georgia, Michigan, neutral site. I guarantee you they'd be favored over Washington. Guarantee it. They'd be favored over Washington. They'd be favored over Texas. They might even be favored over Alabama. They were this last game. Everybody was saying, oh, well, if you let Florida State in with, with a backup quarterback, they're going to get smashed. Bro. Someone's going to get smashed regardless in this playoff. We've seen teams get smashed consistently every year. We didn't want another TCU situation. I hate when people use A plus B equals Y. No, it's it's a new, new team, new year, 
Good thing they didn't have the same sentiment for Ohio State. Well, they blew out Wisconsin 59 nothing. That's why you just kind of had to put them in. You don't think putting in a Florida State team that's undefeated, that no one wants to see in, that everyone says is not that good because they don't have their starting quarterback, you don't think that team that went out there and defensively dominated Louisville wouldn't go into a college football playoff setting with a huge chip on their shoulder, wanting to prove that they belong and produce productive and competitive games and may even upset a team? Like That was acidized. They, they, they should be, Emory, they should be the third seed. Texas should be fourth. And no doubt in my mind, Florida State could beat Washington. I'm not saying they would, but that would be a good game. I don't care if it's their eighth-string quarterback. Washington against the way Florida State, that verse kid, the way their defense is playing right now, that would be a good ass game. Yep. People and are it, all worried. Oh, they'd get blown out. They wouldn't get blown out by Washington. They well, should be the three seed in the Sugar Bowl against Washington, and it'd be a good ass game. Well, let me get blown out then. Let me get let me prove that I don't belong, right? Don't decide that for me. Because this is a situation where you're treating Florida State as if they are Liberty. And the thing is, I would rather see Liberty in the playoff setting as well, too, because you want to see if this is good. What about Boise State beating Oklahoma, right? So why would you rob Florida State of that opportunity? Let them prove it out on the field because they've proved it for the past 13 weeks. Anyway, if you want to go to these, one of these stupid bowl games, use the game time. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, I love the game time app. It's amazing. And seriously, like for these bowl games, if you live near these, or, or even if you're just a fan that you're going to go to one of these bowl games, the first thing you should do this morning is get the game time app on your phone and look and see what the ticket prices are. You can actually get great prices on big time bowl games. And with game time, you actually see exactly what you're going to get before you arrive because you can see the view from your seat. They got the game time guarantee, which means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time. Download the game time app, create an account, and use code DRAFT for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply Again, create an account and redeem code DRAFT for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, Emery, we do have a couple other things to talk about, including you being on absolute fire with your conference championship picks. I mean, fire. Oklahoma State at Texas. You had the over 55 points that hit just for the week, by the way. Emory was four and one. And wait till you hear about the one miss. Okay. So Oklahoma State, Texas, Emory's at over 55 points. Nailed it. Bang. Cha-ching. He took Alabama plus the six versus Georgia. By the way, how funny is that? So Alabama's fa- uh, six-point underdogs. They win. And now that, what do you think the spread would be on a neutral site if they played again right now? And a month from now, when Bowers and Lad McConkie would be healthy. This is so stupid. There is no, there is no logic. Georgia would be favored. 
<laughs> exactly. I mean, anyway, Alabama, Emory smartly took Alabama plus the six, and they won outright. Congratulations to Alabama. And then Iowa, Michigan, Emory correctly took the under 35 points. Iowa did not score. It's not shocking. By the way, I still love Iowa's defense. We'll get back to that. Love those dudes. Florida State minus the two and a half against Louisville. They win by 10. That's two <laughs> scores. That, that's good in football if you're new here, if you win by two scores. The only one he missed, he took the over 66, Oregon, Washington. Ended on 65, Emery. Oh. You missed it by one point. <laughs> Four and one. Emery, take a bow, man. What a way to finish the regular season or whatever it is, conference championship season. Hey, you know what else is crazy about all of that, Ross? And everybody's talking about, you got to put the four best teams in it. You know, you win your conference, blah, blah, blah. Why was Washington nine and a half point underdogs? And they went out right to a team they beat already. What are we doing with the college football playoff? Yeah, they, is- yeah they're, they're still not considered one of the – you don't think Ohio State would be favored over some of these teams in a neutral site? I mean – it, it really, really bugs me. <laughs> um, it also bugs me, Emery, when I'm hungry like I am right now because I haven't had breakfast. So when the clock stops on this podcast or like when you're watching a game and that stops, that's time to order in with DoorDash. Pizza cravings hit at halftime, ordering time. Dreaming about tacos during a timeout, boom, they're on your doorstep. Wait, you want burgers, chips, dips, drinks, and wings instead? Even better. Order on DoorDash. Get everything you want delivered without missing a minute. Of the game. By the way, Emery, we're going into the fourth quarter of the podcast, and in football, the fourth quarter is where the magic happens. It's where games are won, where champions are made. In business, it's where sales teams become legends. That's why HubSpot built Sales Hub to give sales reps the deal making tools they need to win their Q4. Sales Hub's prospecting workspace organizes your schedule, goals, and to do list in one place to save your team precious fourth quarter time. And smart sequences help sales reps close deals faster than ever. So get ready to dominate Q4 with Sales Hub. Learn more at HubSpot.com slash sales. Curious, Emery, I wanted to get some of your takes, your thoughts on the pro prospects and some of these conference championship games. So, like, for me, um, I thought Quinn Ewers looked pretty darn good. I'm curious where he where where you think of him as an NFL quarterback prospect compared to some of these other guys that we think, you know, might come out this year. You know what, Ross, I'm glad you asked that question because we feel like uh when you look at uh, the conversation or the discourse with draft prospects on social media, everyone is trying to compare someone to someone great. But we know that you can be a very good football player and get compared to what a very good football player, right? So this weekend, watching the Texas game, I'm like, well, Quinn, Quinn Ewers plays a lot like Kevin Cobb, you know, like that that came out of Houston, played with the Eagles. Um, they're built about the same, you know, not real muscular, but they have good touch on the ball. They could layer passes. They could throw a good arc on the pass, um, really feather some, some corner routes in there, some – uh, throw the fade ball rather well down the sideline. And I feel like Quinn Ewers reminds me a lot of him, plays a lot like him, um, was a productive player in the NFL before the concussions took over. 
I, I feel like he still has to gain some weight and get bigger, even though he lost weight this year. Um, I think that'll help him, you know, handle the rigors of the pro game. But to me, he reminds me so much of Kevin Cobb. And I, I can understand why he wants to come back because Texas seems like they are back, you know, to throw the, to, you know, it becomes a running joke. But I feel like Texas is on the right track. Um, and they have something cooking right now. They're going to make some noise here in the postseason. And, and so it yields him coming back. I felt like everybody wanted to rush yours to the pros um, based off his high school uh, hype and his tape going to Ohio State and transferring back to Texas. And, oh, they signed Arch Manning. Yeah, he's going to be going. You, you know, Ewers is going to be going. But for me, Ewers still needs to, you know, develop a little bit more. So I, I do feel like he's going to come back. But he right now he reminds me so much of Kevin Cobb. I saw that on social media, Emery, over the weekend. Mm-hmm. It's such a great comparison. It's such a great and it, honestly, it's such a great point. You know, we feel like when we compare guys, we always have to compare them to like a top ten guy at the position in the NFL or like an all time great. Guess what? I guarantee most of these guys, Drake May, Caleb Williams, JJ McCarthy. Milrow, Beck, you know, all these guys, like, a bunch of them are not even going to be NFL starters. So, like, you comparing yours to a guy that started for two teams, Eagles and, uh, what was it, Cardinals? Cardinals mm-hmm. traded big for him. He had the injury issues. Like, Kevin Cobb got a big contract. I mean, that's a, that's that's an awesome – and, by the way, once you tweeted that, I couldn't see anything else during the game. <laughs> As I'm watching the wrestling, I was like, oh, my gosh. Emery nailed it. He's, he's, he's Kevin Cobb. Love that one. Um, speaking of that, you said this maybe last week. Watching Alabama and Georgia, I wonder if I, – I think both those quarterbacks will come back, but those are interesting ones too. Right. Both got – they are draft eligible, right? And Milrow – fits what the NFL likes to see today in terms of you have to have the mobility. He's such an explosive player, but you could still see the rawness. Like you could still see, okay, he's, he's probably going to need a year of seasoning and grooming um, because he did miss a lot of open receivers in turn, not from an accuracy standpoint, but from just like he was locked in on something else and a guy flashing wide open, just ran across his vision and he just let him go before he found someone else. I probably Isaiah Bond making great catches, right? And then Beck, you know, he's if we're watching someone like Brock Purdy, you know, and this is not a knock. Why can't Beck operate an offense like Brock Purdy operates an offense, right? Because Beck gets the ball out on time. The placement on a lot of his passes is where exactly it needs to be, you know, in terms of where he where you put the ball where your receiver can get it and no one else protects the ball in that manner. Uh, why can't Beck do that for an NFL team? So, yeah, you can see these guys are going to be pro players. Um, but, you know, you could also see where both guys probably need a little bit more tape. And we know the NFL is not about the development business. Um, so they probably would want more guys to be closer to the top than to take the raw uh, prospect and work with them. Unlike an Anthony Richardson, who had the physical gifts, you know, he was a little bit more refined and polished than a, a guy like Milrow is. Um, and yours and Beck, to me, are kind of like the same guy and what they bring to the table. I love to see Beck, you know, 
go full fledged Joe Kane on on some plays and you know tuck the ball and just go run and get the touchdown like he did. Um, that's a program reference for those young kids out there that don't get the Joe Kane reference. Um, but when you look at Beck and yours, I feel like yeah they could do some things that we see on Sunday. Um, but is there enough there for you to warrant a high draft pick? Because even though we talk about a lot of these quarterbacks, Ross, I feel like there are guys that are probably more second-round picks than top five. You got to trade up to get these guys type picks, right? Um, And I feel like this is a class where if you have a team that you want to take a chance on a Milrow or someone like that, Milrow is in that Cordell Jones category where, man, he's put together a nice string of games on the back end of a season. Do you strike while the iron is hot or do you come back and develop a little bit more, get more game experience and and jump, you know, because we talk about these other quarterbacks and it was like, man, why are some guys like Ross, this is funny. And I know I'm scatterbrained right now, but let's rewind. Let's look at DJU, right? He's transferring again. Didn't we say a couple years ago that DJU probably should have jumped in the XFL, USFL play against pro players and let the NFL evaluate from there because you're not going to get better at college. What are we doing? Yeah, but that, that's, and that's what I want to talk with you about, with you about next week. Because a lot of these guys, they're not going pro because they can get so much money now in the portal. Your guy, Cam Ward, that, I mean, that's going to be a major topic next week is we're going to dive into all this portal stuff and start to dive into the bowl games as well. He's at F-Ball Game Plan on Twitter. I'm at Ross Tucker NFL. We are at Ross Tucker Pod. Keg is kicked. We're all tapped out. Thanks for tuning in to College Draft. Make sure to also check out the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Even Money, and Fantasy Feast, all on the DraftKings Network, YouTube, or subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platform.